All right, Hawks fans and hoop ball fans, we have a special hoop ball promo. This is big, real big, like Manny Fresh, house real big, car real big, daddy. Anyway, before I start singing and dancing in the booth to a New Orleans classic, this is a huge week for everyone at hoop ball because all of our 2020-2021 NBA season products are finally for sale. These hoop ball products are the best in the business. So listen up. Here's what's out. The draft guide. This is our flagship, our shining beacon like Superman. The most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy sports. Our guys went 400 players deep again this year. A future access pass to the Brewski 150 is also out. If you don't know what the Brewski 150 is... You need to know now. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for the last decade. Decade. And new for this year, Hoopball is unveiling our new monthly membership plans. I'll try to keep this part short as much as I can. We have the fantasy pass, which includes the draft guide, the Brewski 150, and also the new DFS pass and all of our in-season premium tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. We have the new wager pass for our sports bettors out there who want picks and analysis. And we have the HoopBall 360. The sucker has all of the stuff above, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. So head to hoop-ball.com or follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter now, right now. Like, go on Twitter right after you hear this to learn more and get yours today. If you want to succeed in sports betting and your fantasy basketball leagues this year, this is a no-brainer. Again, go to Twitter right now at HoopBallFantasy or go to Hoop-Ball.com and get right today. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds one. Trey Slaughter. Everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and yours. I hope you enjoy this program and you enjoy the next few days with you and your loved ones. And we got an early Christmas gift last night as the Hawks open the season versus the Bulls. And the respect tour started off with a bang. Bang! Mike Breen would have been proud. We will talk about the game in Chicago last night where the Hawks did almost everything I wanted to see from them 
and briefly talk about Saturday's game versus the Memphis Grizzlies. That is no longer a dress rehearsal as we already played them twice in the preseason. And I will give my takeaways from last night's game. But first, a plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this is your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back, and I want to apologize for the delay on getting this podcast out. I wanted last night's win to marinate a little bit before I gave my thoughts, watch the game from a perspective of a fan and just see it was just all glitz and glamour. Nothing that really needed to be fixed. We're perfect. We're going to be amazing. We're not going to lose the game for the rest of the year. And certainly that's not the case. I wanted to make sure I sat back, looked at everything, looked at all the information, even rewatched parts of the game and get my takes out so I am accurate with what I am seeing. And as I talked on the episode before, a year ago in the Hawks-Bulls matchup, the average score was 121-92 in favor of the Bulls. And as I mentioned, JC and Ice Trey were not on the court together in any of those three matchups. And this was certainly a different Hawks team that the Bulls saw in the season opener last night. And the Hawks looked to return the favor to start the season after the butt whoopings they got last year from the Bulls. And boy, did they ever. And I will review things that I wanted to see going into last night's game. I wanted to see the Hawks ready to compete, bring the energy and effort, because I thought the Bulls would certainly bring it. The Hawks did that in excellent fashion, excellent fashion. And we will talk about that a little later. I wanted them to dig in on the defensive end. This team, the Bulls were last in turnovers per game last year. So I wanted them to force mistakes and score in transition. They certainly did that. I wanted to see them out-rebound the Bulls, crash the boards, especially on the defensive end, as the Bulls had a knack last year for grabbing offensive rebounds. They did that. I wanted them to close out on a three-point line, contest those shots. As I said, two of the three blowout games last year for the Bulls. The Bulls shot 40% or higher from three. We certainly took care of that. And I wanted them to test the perimeter defense with Zach Levine and Kobe White. And boy, did they ever. They did that in excellent fashion. So everything that I wanted to see, the Hawks pretty much did last night, which was great. 
And as far as the players, I was interested to see how Collins responds on the court to not getting his extension deal done. And I said that I wanted him to go in beast mode. And he started off very aggressive, running the floor, making his cuts, showing off his athleticism. And he played very well last night. I was really happy to see Collins respond the way he did. I wanted to see Trey Young, after struggling throughout the preseason, turn things around and win a game come out aggressive looking to score, playing hard on defense, and really set the tone to start the year. He did that with several exclamation points, and we're going to talk about that a little later. I expected the Magic City Wings, the young wings for the Atlanta Hawks, Herder, Reddish, and Hunter, to continue to be aggressive, compete, play their games, and help out in whatever role that they were placed in, whether starter or off the bench. I think all three of them did that. I wanted to see the bench dominate and they should have confidence after the game before in the preseason, the preseason finale against Memphis, how they played a huge role in their comeback win. And I wanted to see them continue to play with energy and effort on both ends of the court. And uh, I thought that the Bulls may have the advantage of continuity, but the Hawks had the advantage of depth in the early part of this regular season where people are not in midseason conditioning form. And so I thought that our bodies were going to be an advantage against the Bulls and check. I think that they were using nine, 10 men early in the game last night. And that was really positive to see, especially with several players out. And I'll get to the injury report in a minute. I wanted to see the team continue to gel and work through their rotations and lineups, build continuity and be effective in the roles. And depending on who starts, I said that, Gallo, Bogey, Reddish, Hunter, Rondo, whenever he's healthy. He was not available last night, but I wanted to see them continue to be productive off the bench. I said that Gallo needed to score 16 points and Bogey needed to contribute to 14 points, whether scoring, assisting, or helping out with second chance opportunities. And I thought that that would help the Hawks win as far as with bench players. And Gallo didn't meet 16 points, but certainly very effective. I think he contributed to 16 points last night. And Bogey certainly contributed to 14 points last night. So they did what they were supposed to do. And I wanted to see the starters start fast. The starting lineup goes as Trey Young and John Collins goes. And they started fast. They wanted to prevent the first quarter deficits that were a trend in the preseason. And they definitely got out to a big lead in the first quarter, which we'll talk about those numbers in a bit. Even with the new faces, the layoff, continuing to learn to play with each other. This will all be a process and opening night is a lot of excitement. It's a little bit of nervous energy, all eyes on this team with the high expectations. And I just wanted to see them play hard, execute mistakes will happen, continue to play through those mistakes as those will be corrected in practices and in film. And I certainly think that they definitely played with that mentality. I projected the score last night to be 121-117 in favor of the Hawks over the Bulls to start the season. Based on my projections, I was very close to the points for the Hawks, which I want to pat myself on the back with that. That was good. I projected 121. They scored 124, so only three points off. And I was way off on the Bulls with the 117 points, which meant dub for the Atlanta Hawks. 
as the Bulls only scored 104. So a 20-point win, 124-104. And at one point, the Hawks had a 40-point lead on the Bulls. That was cut down to 20 to end the game. The Hawks certainly start this season off right. Ice Trey JC in the house tonight. Come on. Living the best life. They definitely live their best life. And last night was the absolute best case scenario for how the Hawks wanted to start. And best case scenario for what this Hawks team can do in a game when they give energy and effort. Everyone is clicking on all cylinders on both ends of the court. Not every game is going to be like this, but against lesser teams in the Eastern Conference. The Hawks must look to dominate every single one of these opponents on their schedule. They're going to play hard. They're going to play with effort. They're professionals as well. They're getting paid. Like I said, not every game is going to be like last night, but they must look to do that, must look to execute, play hard on both ends of the court so that they can continue to stack up wins, which is going to look favorable for them once they get later and later into the season, especially as I talked to before in the last program, how hard this first half of the schedule is and stretches every win, every game counts. And I'm glad that they took last night's game very, very serious And the respect tour began with a showcase of, like I said, when all things go right for Atlanta. And this is without several players for the Hawks. So this is very, very encouraging. And those players were, due to the injury report, I will talk about those who were available last night. Brandon Goodwin, Kevin Herter, and Cam Reddish all had some ailments going into the game, but they were all available and played last night. People who were out, Clint Capella, who was out of the starting lineup with a sore Achilles, Chris Dunham still out, Oyeko Okongu still out, Rajon Rondo is out for COVID protocol. Hopefully he will be back on Saturday versus Memphis, and Tony Snell was out. The starting lineup last night was Trey Young at the one, Cam Reddish at the two, DeAndre Hunter at the three, Danilo Gallinari at the four, and John Collins at the five, as I said before, with Capella out. We will talk about the flow of the game and the stats coming up after this plug for ExpressVPN. There are tons of VPN providers out there. You probably heard of a couple of them, and some of you may have even used a VPN before. Just like I do my research for all my shows to provide my listeners with the best Atlanta Hawks podcast out there, I like to do my research on my sponsors, and I only recommend brands to my listeners that I believe in. And I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs out there make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your information. Second is speed. Like Deion Sanders said, speed kills. But in this case, it does not kill your internet speed. I've tried lots of VPNs in the past. Many slow your connection down or make your device sluggish. I've been using ExpressVPN for the last few months and my internet speeds are still blazing fast. Even when I connect to servers thousands of miles away, I can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. 
The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. Unlike other VPNs, you don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app, click one button to connect, and it's easy like T.I. song, Be Easy, and Trap Music. Whew, great album, underrated Atlanta classic. Anyway, it's not just me saying this. Wired, The Verge, CNET, and many other tech experts rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN in the world, of the world, Craig. So, protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash hoopball today. And you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Three months? Good Lord. Again, that is expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Visit expressvpn.com slash hoopball to learn more. All right, back to action. And talking about last night's action from the Hawks because they were about that action early and often. The Hawks started off fast. Fast and furious like Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, RIP, and the whole crew for all nine or ten or however many of those movies are now out. <laughs> they started off fast, quickly getting out to a double-digit lead and maintaining that lead throughout the entire game. They never let it go. The Hawks scored a franchise record of points in a season-opening first quarter, scoring 42 points in the first quarter. Seemingly everything was going in. They shot 16 to 24 from the field and only had one turnover. I repeat, one turnover. Out of the hot shooting, the thing that I was most happy about, as I said before, the one turnover. Because turnovers were the Achilles heel of the Hawks last year. That's something they're going to have to continue to work on. But I love seeing that in a stretch that they can do this. They can execute at a high level. And that's going to help them down the stretch. They had a season opener franchise record of points through the first three quarters with 111 points by the end of the third quarter. They hit the century mark by the five minute mark of the third quarter last night. Utterly insane, utterly insane. And it certainly put a lot of smiles on a lot of Hawks fans last night who were trying to tell people around the league to watch out for us, and they didn't want to give us the respect. It's okay. They don't want to put us on national television. This is the respect tour. Game in, game out. We're going to command. We're going to take the league's respect one game at a time. We certainly opened some eyes last night, but we got to continue this game in and game out. And the Hawks also had a franchise record, period, period, not for a season opener, period, with points and a half, with 83 points by halftime. And certainly by halftime, it was over. It was over. The Hawks were on fire, and they were led by Ice Trey, who lit the Bulls up. I repeat, he lit them up. And I will get to his numbers momentarily. Trey Young looked aggressive last night. and He started this season with a bang. Mike Breen. A lot of bangs this episode. You will love this episode. Hey, someone forward this on the mic, Brain, so he can hear all the bangs in this episode. But he started off making his first floater, which was not really going in in the preseason. Hit the first floater, and then it was an and-one opportunity with that. And then he made his first three-pointer. So I was like, okay, he's coming out strong like future in the weekend. 
He he certainly did that. He had a lob to JC, get him going. He was active on both ends of the floor, trying to get all of his teammates going. And he started the first quarter with 12 points and two assists, and he was only going to go up from there, and he certainly did that. The rest of the team followed suit with great ball movement. Everybody was on go mode last night as Hawks had seven players scoring in double digits last night. Once again, team effort on both ends of the court, offensively, defensively, team effort. Everybody was active, aggressively getting into the paint on the offensive end, going for loose balls, challenging defenders, forcing turnovers, grabbing rebounds, getting out in fast break opportunities. And like my college coach said, when you hustle, and you give effort, things just seem to work out. And everything seemed to work out last night for the Atlanta Hawks. I was very interested going into the game last night with Capella out, Onyeka Okongwu still out, what the front court rotation was going to be last night, which included Collins, Gala, Fernando. They moved Reddish a little bit to the four. Everybody was pretty much interchangeable. DeAndre Hunter played some of the four. Everything was interchangeable, and I think that speaks to the versatility of the lineups and the players that we have on this team that we can interchange players and they can guard multiple positions, and that's really going to help us down the stretch. But we still would like to have a healthy Clint Capella. But even with that, the Hawks out-rebounded the Bulls, which was a very underrated stat in my opinion last night. I said that they needed to do that going into the game, and they certainly did that throughout the game. And it was a team effort. Once again, that's going to be a theme. Hawks had a nine-man rotation early in the game. And like I said before, the bodies that the Hawks were going to be able to throw at the Bulls with the depth that we have added was going to be an advantage, and it certainly was last night for the Hawks. Going into the numbers last night, the Hawks shot 53.8% from the field. Whoo, hot. And they shot 40% from three last night. Hot, hot start. Shout out Gunner. Shout out Young Thug. Where Travis got at. I want a McDonald's meal. Kind of hungry right now, but we'll move on from there. The Hawks started off hot offensively shooting. Loved seeing it. This is best case scenario. They're not going to always shoot like this every night, but this was great to see from the Hawks. And defensively, the Hawks were very good last night. They held the Bulls to 41% shooting and held them to 22.9% shooting from the three-point line, which was certainly a 180 from last year's matchups where the Bulls seemingly got everything and anything they wanted from the three-point line. So great job guarding the three-point line last night. The Bulls certainly did struggle on both ends of the court, but we took advantage of their misfortune, and we're not going to apologize for that. As I said before, the Hawks out-rebounded the Bulls 46-37 to without Capella. That's key. Ball movement, as I said before, was a key last night as the Hawks had 24 assists. They were really sharing the ball, moving the ball. They had great spacing last night. A lot of people on Twitter spoke to that. Trey Young spoke to that in the postgame interview, how the spacing just led for everyone to have clean lanes to the basket, helped them to get more open looks, really get that defense moving side to side as they were moving the ball around. It was just a great sight to see, just great offensive execution last night. And I helped for everyone to join the scoring party. As I said, a lot of people scored last night. It was uh, Oprah, you know, Oprah Winfrey. You get a basket. You get a basket. Everybody was getting baskets last night, and I love seeing that from the Hawks. 23 turnovers last night still could definitely be improved. They're not going to win 
games with 23 turnovers like this hard uh, this is this is an aberration honestly so you're gonna have to continue to work on cutting down the turnovers and i think the more they play with each other and more they learn each other that's going to cut down throughout the season so that's something i'm going to be monitoring throughout the season turnover stats each game points in the paint Hawks scored 50 points in the paint. So on top of the 40% three-point shooting, you have 50 points in the paint. Just a dominant offensive performance. That's what it was. Great job by the Hawks. Being aggressive, getting into the paint, getting to the free throw line. Everybody, as I said, was on go mode last night. And as I said before, the Hawks at one point had a 40-point lead in the game. Once again, team basketball. Effort all around. And Coach Lloyd Pierce spoke to this post-game. And said that even though they had a 40-point lead at one time in the game, in the final score was a 20-point lead, he wanted to see the Hawks players, especially the bench who were in, close out games better. Because, like I said, 40-point lead, cut it to 20. They still won, but if that was a 30-point lead or a 25-point lead and they cut it down 20 points, it makes for more you know, tense situations down the stretch. And then you have to bring your starters back on the floor. So I'm glad that Coach Lloyd Pierce called that out. And he just wants to say, hey, this is just one game. We need to continue to work. We need to continue to get better. And I'm glad that he is speaking this. And other players on this Hawks roster are speaking to this as well. As they know that this is a process and a journey. And I think that narrative, we need to continue to see it play out and then to continue to embed that into these players so that they bring it every single night looking at the stats for the hawks players balanced scoring attack like i said before seven double digit scores last night including the entire starting five trey young exploded bang bang with 37 points on opening night in 26 minutes he had 27 in the first half he shot 10 to 12 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3, 12 of 14 from the free throw line. He added 7 assists, 6 rebounds, had 4 turnovers. He was very aggressive, very efficient, and he was the leader on the floor tonight. He set the tone and the Hawks followed him, and I love seeing that. His offensive execution was great. Getting switches onto favorable matchups all game and just cooking them cooking them he was all smiles post game he was happy to just play with his new teammates put on a show but he knows that work still needs to be done which was great to hear that from your leader the connection between trey and jc was strong like your neighbor's wi-fi just strong last night a lot of lobs to jc a lot of tough finishes at the rim dunks highlight reel dunks and it was just great to see that Trey Young has a bunch of, you know, pick and roll opportunities, but the pick and pop opportunity with him and Gallo, that's just going to just make defenses stress over what they have to cover with Gallo. He can pick and roll, but he can also pick and pop. JC can do the same. So it's going to keep defenses on their toes throughout the season. And they, the more they execute that, the better it will be. So I will continue to watch that closely throughout the season. Trey mastering getting fouled beyond the three-point line, similar to a James Harden, a Steph Curry, Jamal Crawford, getting those four-point opportunities. That's just one of the many things, along with obviously the offensive execution and the assist and him getting his teammates going. We're seeing the maturation and growth in his game, and I cannot wait to see him progress the more he learns and grows with his teammates, especially the new ones, what Rondo 
teaches him and works with him. Nick McMillan, Coach Lloyd Pierce. And this team can afford lesser numbers from Trey Young and still win games with this depth. But it's much more fun this way. So I'm really, really excited to see what Trey Young is going to continue to do. He even said not every game is going to be like this from him. He's going to have that confidence every game he walks up on the court and say, hey, that this could be a game I go off. But he knows it's not going to always be like this. But he's always going to try to get his teammates involved. He's going to play with effort. He's going to play with energy. He's going to compete and try to do things to win. And I'm just glad to see this performance. Uh, game one for the season. And it really set the tone. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring to the matchup against the Grizzlies, who he struggled against in preseason. But I'm sure that he's going to bring it after seeing what John Morant did last night as well. And we'll talk about John Morant here in a few. Cam Reddish got the starting nine last night at the two position and was very good. He scored 15 points on 6 of 11 shooting, 1 of 3 from the three-point line. He added six rebounds and two steals. He was great defensively the whole night. Lots of energy, very aggressive. And one of the things that obviously continuing to see him be comfortable with the ball behind the three-point line in his offense and just being more comfortable year two in the league, Cam Reddish's off-ball defense, his ability to make reads, jumping passing lanes, its progression in his defensive game, I love seeing. And he is definitely taking the call that he wants to be better uh, defensively and he wants to be one of the better defenders in this league and he's certainly showing it in the first game and he's shown it throughout the preseason so that's something i'm going to continue to watch as well his off-ball defense as well as his on-ball defense which was great last night against the bulls jc who i was really looking at to see how he's going to respond to not getting his extension he came out very aggressive scoring 14 points with many many dunks like donuts, dunking donuts, dunking the ball. It didn't matter. He was on go mode last night as well. Added four boards, two assists, and two blocks. He shot six of ten from the field. He went over from the three-point line, which his three-point stroke is still there. It looks really good. It will fall. I'm not worried about that. He got in foul trouble later in the game versus earlier, which was a plus, but he still needs to continue to clean up defending without fouling but i loved his focus i loved his intensity that he played with and he had a lot of energy as he ran the floor great to set himself up with opportunities and set up teammates as well and he was just excited about this team the depth that we have being a consummate professional cheering on his teammates when he was on the bench and i just love the chemistry like i said with him and trey him and gallo him and bogey He's going to be a key in every single game. So I'm going to continue to watch JC's energy and effort and how that translates on the court and how it translates to winning basketball because that's what's going to help him get paid at the end of the year. I know that reports came out that apparently the Hawks offered somewhere north of $90 million to JC and he wants more. Continue to play this way. You will command more, JC. Continue to play out this season, big fella. I know it's game one. Take it game by game, but I'm really encouraged to see how you uh, continue to progress throughout this season. Gallinari got the nod this, uh, last night with Capella out, and he stepped in with rebounds, setting up teammates, and that pick-and-pop game, as I mentioned before. He scored 13 points on four of six shooting from the field. He knocked down one three on two attempts, and he added four points from the free throw line. And as I said, rebounding, setting up teammates. He had four rebounds, three assists last night. Really a Swiss Army knife. 
very steady veteran presence for the Hawks last night. It was great to see. He normally does this off the bench, but shown that he can do it in a relief effort being plugged into the starting lineup with Capella out. It would be great to have Capella in and have him coming off the bench and continue to upgrade and uplift that bench. But to see him do it in a starting lineup, no matter who was on the floor, was great to see from Gallinari. Continues to look like a wonderful pickup for this Hawks team. We will continue to see that going forward. DeAndre Hunter continued to look good and aggressive last night. Points were available for everyone, and he scored 11 points, added three rebounds and a steal. Percentages were great. Shot five of six from the field, 100% from the three-point line, going one of one. And he actually was plus 40 and plus minus last night, which, according to stats, was the highest plus minus for Hawks players since 02-03. Very efficient, very effective, positive impact when he's on the court. That's not new as far as with DeAndre Hunter. I want to continue to see him progressive and continue to be aggressive, knock down his shots, get to the rim, and just continue to grow in his confidence in this game. 34 points off the bench last night for the Hawks. 15 of them were from Bogey, who played great in my opinion, as he went 5 of 12 from the field, went 3 of 8 from the three-point line. He added seven rebounds, which were huge, two assists, and one steal, and that one steal led to two of his points. So Bogey certainly was a factor last night. And I was glad to see that off the bench, even though he didn't get the starting nod with Reddish in there, to see him continue to be effective no matter where he is in the lineup. He's going to be key going forward for this Hawks team. Kevin Herter played great last night, had 11 points on 4 of 10 shooting and shot 10 of 6 from the three-point line. He added four assists, two rebounds, and added a steal. So all the young wings were aggressive, getting steals, giving effort on the defensive end, setting up teammates, looking confident and looking comfortable in this offense as they have another year under their belt and are looking to prove that this core is going to be a force to be reckoned with going forward. Bruno Fernando added five points and added seven rebounds off the bench, including three on the offensive glass and two steals. I liked what I saw from Fernando last night. He needs to continue to get comfortable, continue to, you know, just get better game in and game out. But like I said, he got more minutes because Capella was out and they had to rotate more players into the front court to kind of spread the wealth. I was glad to see what I saw from Fernando last night. And on the bull side, Levine and marketing, they got theirs. They both scored 21 plus last night like they did last year. But as I said, this is a very, very different Hawks team that the Bulls faced. Rookie Patrick Williams looked great last night in his debut, adding 16 points for the Bulls. Kobe White, who was a factor against the Hawks last year in every game, struggled last night, scoring only nine points and shot two of 11 from the field and one of seven from three. Great defense on Kobe White. They really frustrated him all night, and that was in part to Trey Young's offense outburst last night. That really stress Kobe White as he was charged with trying to stop Trey Young. And Otto Porter for the Bulls scored 14 points off the bench. Now, we're going to talk about the game briefly versus Memphis on Saturday, who we are very familiar with. Keys to that game. We're going to have to bring the same energy and effort defensively that we brought on John Morant 
on the preseason finale and as well as the energy and effort that we brought last night against the Bulls. We're going to have to bring that because John Morant will certainly be up for the challenge after he had a 44-point outburst in our season-opening loss against the San Antonio Spurs. They're going to look to rebound, starting a year off with an L. They're going to try to get a dub, especially against a Hawks team who has struggled against the Grizzlies the last couple of years. So both teams are going to have to come in with a chip on their shoulder, and it's going to be a tight, tight contest, a very competitive contest. As I said, John Moran is always going to be a force, so we must meet that force with our effort and our energy. The Hawks are going to have to continue to crash the boards. The Grizzlies have a much more physical front court than the Bulls, in my opinion. So getting Capella back will be a huge help. And we're going to have to be physical and match their physicality on Clark and Valanchunas, you know, getting rebounds, challenging their shots, boxing out, any and everything. We're going to have to bring it to them because they're going to try to bring it to us. We have to continue this ball movement, get players good looks. Memphis is a much better defensive team than Chicago. So we're going to have to continue to move the ball, get this defense moving side to side, get great looks for this Hawks team, crash the boards, and just continue to stress that defense and push the pace on this Memphis team. We're going to have to run the shooters from Memphis off the three-point line and continue to contest their shots. They looked great from the three-point line in both of the matchups that we played against them in the preseason. We're going to have to challenge that like we challenged the Bull shooters last night. We're going to have to protect the paint. The Grizzlies love to score in the paint as they scored 66 points in the paint in their game versus the Spurs last night. The Hawks are going to have to protect the paint, protect the rim, especially with a penetrating guard in Moran, with Valentunas in the paint, Clark in the paint, Grayson Allen likes to get to the paint as well. Kyle Anderson, the list goes on for them. We're going to have to protect the paint, point blank, period. The bench was a key in our comeback win against the Grizzlies in the preseason finale. I expect the bench, who got a lot of minutes in the first game against the Bulls, who did not necessarily close out well by LP standards and by my standards as well, I look at that as a challenge for them to bring it to this Memphis bench again, like they did in that preseason finale. And the more pieces that we can have available, the more firepower that we can have coming off the bench for the Hawks, the better it will bode for us in this matchup. So I think it's going to be a tight matchup. It's going to be close. It's going to be very competitive. I think it's going to go down to the wire. Unlike the first game versus the Bulls, as I said, the Grizzlies will be hungry to get their first regular season win. And the Hawks will look to continue to put together a string of wins, trying to go 2-0 if they can beat the Grizzlies. That game, as again, is going to be on Saturday, the day after Christmas. I hope you enjoy your Christmas Eve, your Christmas Day. Enjoy some football on Christmas Day with the Saints and the Vikings. And enjoy, obviously, the day after Christmas, after you return some things and sit at home with your family and watch this Hawks-Grizzlies game. It's going to be a good one. So if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a family member. You're around a lot of family for Christmas. Tell them. And then tell them to tell friends and tell friends about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. And that's no smoke. Numbers do not lie. Share with fellow Hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us on Twitter at Hoop. Ball Hawks on Twitter. That is at Hoop Ball Hawks. 
follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67. And as always, yeah. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.